This episode is brought to you by Kendall and Hyde, makers of leather, satchels, boots, and belts built to last a lifetime. Two if you count the cows. Visit kendallhyde.com slash madcast and use the promo code MADCAST to receive 15% off your order. Welcome to the best debate in the universe, the only debate show where I argue both sides of an issue and you decide which is more persuasive. I'm your host, Maddox. With me is Sean, the audio engineer. Hello, Maddox. And deputy moderator, Rucka Rucka Ali. What up? Welcome back. Yeah. And in studio today, welcome back, Robin Higgins. Hello. And first time guest today, we have a very good friend of mine, Kristen Brancaccio. Kristen, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. Great to be here. Kristen was a finalist on HBO's Project Greenlight. Very, very impressive. Last season with that pale guy? Yeah. Jason. Oh man, yep. his movie was so bad. So which pale guy? Let's, let's talk. Which what? What are you talking uh, about? Off to a rousing start. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So the winner of this season was Jason Mann, who looked like something out of uh, kind of like a Doug Jones character. He's like if you made the, the Stranger Things monster a human. Oh, <laughs> for Jason. What is the Stranger Things monster? Everyone's talking about Stranger Things. I tried uh, to watch an episode and I fell asleep. Watch it. Are you serious? Yeah, it was boring. Your opinion's incorrect. Okay. What? Okay. If only right. there was a way for me to indicate that. Kristen, right? al- yeah. already buzzer abuse. Yeah. Look, I tried to watch Stranger Things. I felt like it was so hyped. Every time I hear, no, no, you can't. You know, I'll buzz you, Kristen. I got my own buzzer here. I, I can already tell you're going to have a negative wrong opinion. No. Here's the thing about Stranger Things. Yeah. Okay. okay. Everyone's talking mm-hmm. about it. Yeah. And I tune in to watch it. Correct. And I'm, I'm like, all right, I get it. It's like this campy 80s vibe. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's just a bunch of references. Am I missing? Am I missing something here? I watched an episode. I gave it a shot. Didn't work. I think it's one of those, it's like the Napoleon Dynamite effect of if you heard too many things about it, it's not going to blow your mind. But if you hadn't heard anyone and you were like, I'm bored, I'm going to randomly watch this, I bet you'd watch all of it, you know? Mm. The hype like makes it, you know. Okay, so you were were talking about this monster that looks like the pale kid from uh, HBO's. Green light project. Yeah, yeah. Well, so the just so the winner of the of the season that I was on, which was the latest season. But that makes us sound film. bad because that's just us being mean. But I'm so I watched that season and I just like I loved watching the fights everyone got into. And how how did it make you feel at the end of it to like have lost like or you know not lost but like not be like the ultimate winner and then have that movie be like the worst movie that ever existed? Was it good? Did it feel good? Honestly, I I had such a great experience on that show. Like I had a great time, and I really think Jason's a great filmmaker. And I I uh, I think that if maybe he had different material, he could have made something but really amazing. But he wrote that movie. Yeah. So I mean, I think he's a great director. Uh, I don't know what happened with the writing side of things. Um, yeah, it's Project Greenlight, not Project Robin busting everyone's balls. <laughs> 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 so, yeah. Kristen, what was it like working with Matt Damon and Ben Affleck? They I were mean, the producers of the show, right? Yeah, they, they produced the show. They were really great. Um, I would say, like, both of them, especially Ben Affleck, have, like, the most intense stares I've ever, of, like, like you just look them in the eyes and you just feel like they are staring into your soul. Mm. Like, it was intense. And and walking into that room, it's it was creepy. my first ever pitch meeting in Hollywood. <laughs> first ever. No and shit. I was walking into a room. It was being filmed. I knew it was going to be on HBO. And it was with Matt Damon. Ben Affleck, the Fairley Brothers, the head of HBO film, you know, and a bunch of other important people. It was terrifying. And I feel like I have been baptized by fire and can face down any 
pitch room. Oh yeah, well it's amazing. So, <laughs> like, I'm not blowing sunshine up Kristen's ass. When I when I first met Kristen, it was also with your friend Leo Angelos. Yes, it's Angelos is the last yeah. name, right? Mm-hmm. Leo so K. he Angelos. he's yep. a very very talented director. This guy yeah. came up to me. He's like, hey Maddox. I'm like, yeah. He goes, I'm a big fan of yours. And he <laughs> he, he told me about his website and his YouTube channel. And I, and usually when people give me their card or whatever, I kind of glance at it and I, I thought, you know what? I'm going to check out this guy's stuff. I was blown away because you guys, you you did a video together. You did, you've done stunts with him and you've you've acted in some of the films together and he yeah. does he does amazing stunt choreography with, with you two yeah. together, right? Yeah, no, he has a background in stunts and um, his passion is, is uh, directing you know, films with like a huge stunt action feel. And so like that totally refl- is like reflected in his work. And uh, Kristen is also, I should mention, the producer of Gamer Fights. Woo! Check that out. Screen Junkies. Oh, yeah. Screen Junkies. I was on an episode recently. Maybe it'll be posted on the YouTube page. Maddox was one of our most awesome debaters. Uh, He won, Ah. obviously. Ah. Um, (laughs) I like this. Ah. Yeah, all right. I'll give you, uh, you know what? You should bring some of that on your podcast, Mark. (laughs) Okay, Rucka. I do, okay? Okay. Not funny. Okay. Yeah, that's why everyone's laughing, because it wasn't funny. <laughs> Shut up. Shut up. All right. Uh, so, And also, I should mention, Kristen, your your website. You just launched a new website. Uh, <laughs> yeah, How's that for a transition? <laughs> yeah, good. Nice little segue. Uh, you you started a website. It's called uh, Surviving and Thriving in L.A., and I know it's a, it's a long URL. I'll post it on the website, guys. Yeah. Link I'll link to it on the madcastmedia.com website. Thank you. But uh, what's, tell us about your, your new website. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's also Survive La La Land. Uh, basically, I just, uh, I, I well, especially after Project Greenlight, I got a lot of questions about what it was like to move to LA and kind of start out. I started out knowing absolutely no one out here and the past two years have been pretty crazy. And so I've compiled all of my experiences, all of uh, the advice that I have onto this website and present it in what I hope is a very, you know, humorous and lighthearted, but nonetheless, uh, real way. Valuable information. Yeah. And also, Robin, welcome back to the show. We should also mention, Robin, you just launched a very exciting new YouTube channel. That's right. I'm already up to 41 subscribers. Hey. So, that's me 42. That's a you lot. guys that's think 42. That's like a, you have some YouTube Way to sell it. Way to sell it. <laughs> that's a, what, 40 people, 41 people in a crowd at a comedy club is pretty good, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. They may or may not all be my chemistry students. Okay. <laughs> so what is the channel? I finally started a chemistry uh, YouTube channel, and so okay. I... Uh, I have a few videos up there. Thank you. Cool. And so I feel like two categories. One is like just straight up tutorials that are me drawing on my tablet that are just like math and science problems. So if you're taking Gen Chem right now, it'll be helpful. Mm. And the other ones I'm doing are like general videos about science. You don't have to be taking a science class for. So like, for instance, I did the history of uh, heroin. Um, and did like a little seven minute video on like how it's attached to all the other drugs that like are like it, how the prescription drug, from a chemistry point of view, how like the prescription drug problem into the heroin problem uh, affected the country. So where is, where, what is the origin of heroin? What what country did it originate from? Was it Afghanistan? Because that's kind of where a lot of people... Well, Ronald right? Reagan, or no, that was crack. Sorry, <laughs> right. carry on. Yeah. Why don't we let the expert tell us? Yeah, yes, I'll please. tell you exactly. It all yeah. comes from uh, the poppy plant. Right. So that was like originally like came from Asia, and then there's like that that poppy plant like within its sap has about thirty different naturally occurring substances, and then three of them 
um, have psychoactive properties. Uh, so it's called opium is the blend, and then there's the three, like codeine is one of them. People are addicted to one thing. People are addicted to opium. So then we create morphine to try to get away from that. And then people are addicted to morphine. And we finally figure out, uh-oh, morphine's really bad. And so then they created heroin to get away from that. And every single different version has been released under the guise of this will help you get off the previous one. So heroin wow. was released saying this will get you off morphine and it's not addictive. And that's just like... Oh, wow. Ev- wow. Yeah. What? And so every single thing, we're just in like a current iteration of that, but it's been going on for thousands of years of like, uh-oh, one more drug. So yeah. is the next is the next major drug, uh, was it methadone or whatever? There's like now this new one that's like a uh, hundred times more powerful than heroin and like that getting mixed in so it can be cheaper. It's We're just so dependent on these chemicals. All right. Well, uh, fascinating. And we'll link to your channel on the website. <laughs> All right, guys, moving on. Last week, the topic was a comedian, Aaron Glazer, was banned from the Upright Citizens Brigade Theater in New York for sexual assault allegations without knowing who the accusers are or whether or not they've even gone to the police. So the question last week was, should sexual assault victims always go to the police or is it pointless? Because it turns out that a lot of people who do make sexual assault allegations rarely get convictions. It's a it's a hmm. pretty low, uh, there's a pretty low incarceration rate for this crime. So before listening to the debate, 96% of people said you should go to the police. Mm. 96%. Okay. And after listening to the debate, 95%. Uh, whoops. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> I, meant, oh, I meant ding. All right? Yeah, I meant right. ding. That's a good one. This is, by, this is by far the least controversial opinion, I think. It, it, everyone agrees you should always go to the police. What about the 5% rapist listeners who said, no, don't go to the cops? <laughs> Maybe that's what it is, Rucka. I have IP addresses, shitheads. I'm going to look you up. I'm going to yeah. look you guys up. Remember to vote every week, guys. Uh-huh. Yeah. I got your IP addresses. I'm going to come after you fuckers. That's exactly what it is, Rucka. Thank you. <laughs> Unsolved mystery. Go right to the here. cops. These guys voted against going to the police. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's a lead. It's something. It's something. It's trial, something. Trial it's the internet, because that always ends up well. That yeah. always turns out well. Well, so I handed Sean... Now, a lot of people, again, they think they know what my opinion is mm. on these debates, sometimes ahead of time, because they are so they think they know me so well. You guys don't know shit about Whoa. the layers of complexity about me. Whoa. So I handed Sean an envelope. It's sealed. Sean, I want you to go ahead and open it, because inside this envelope that I can't tamper with, because Sean had it, is my real opinion. He keeps writing top secret on these. Yeah, it's top secret. You need a drum roll sound there. effect. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Again, again, it's in crayon. It's not crayon. <laughs> you use a different color besides salmon. Can somebody get you like a Crayola 64 box for Christmas, please? Sean, even if I did use crayons, it would be black, jet black. Yeah. Whoa. Whoa, yeah. got a badass. <laughs> um, simply says, yes, go to the police. Yeah, yeah there you go. Hey, wow. that's a smart idea. Really brave, really brave of you to uh, stand up to those 5% or 6% or 4%. Yeah. yeah. Uh, there are a few caveats for safety, but without going to the police, the likelihood of arrest and incarceration is always 0%. Mm. Yeah. And Very good. They're telling us what we all already know. No, not a lot no. of people know that, Sean, apparently. What, 5%? Well, I don't know. I mean, you have you have all these people making allegations, and this guy uh, at the at the theater, and he was he was booted without there ever having been a police report. Here's what I truly believe, guys. Yes, go to the police mm-hmm. because even if it takes a long time and they don't have enough evidence to convict the person, going to the police is almost always the best option. The one exception, 
I think, is if you feel that your life may be at risk. Mm. So if, if someone is threatening your life or your livelihood, and you know that there might be retaliatory attacks to your person or livelihood, then by going to the police, you're making a gamble that the person will be incarcerated. And sometimes you can't afford to make that gamble. So I think that we need to have a little bit of understanding here about why people, the reasons people don't always go to police. There's some really legitimate reasons to not report these crimes because if you're living with a person, for example, and they find out you did talk to the police. Yeah, I understand the fear. Yeah. I mean, I don't understand the fear, but I could, I can sympathize with it. Yeah. That's and a, uh, don't move in with some douchebag, you know? Just fucking don't move in together. Don't move in together. Another, that's, you know. Free douchebag screening. Sure. Yeah. All right, guys, I have some voicemail. Oh, boy. My favorite part. Is it? These are always good. Yeah. This is the uh, drawling Aussie. Yeah, drawling Aussie here. Calling <laughs> <laughs> to talk to Raka Raka Ali. I just, I really want to commend you for coming out last episode and taking a stance against rape and saying that rape is bad. I thought that was really admirable. Yeah. Unlike you Maddox, the fucking sausage, spent half the episode <laughs> telling people not to report their rape <laughs> and who watched for an hour as their neighbor got robbed and did fuck all about it. Way to make yourself sound as useful as a flaccid dildo, you dumb fuck. <laughs> yeah, okay, shithead. Listen, okay, Robin and Kristen, you guys weren't here last week. No. I talked about how I saw someone robbing a house on my street and I called the police, okay? Mm-hmm. And I'm on the phone with 911 as I'm watching the guy climb over the fence with a bag of shit. <laughs> And I'm telling them, like, yeah, there's a crime in progress. I'm watching a guy just stealing stuff. And he was carrying a bag of stolen goods, not literally yeah, a bag right. of shit. Right? We don't know. We don't know what was oh, in that house, know. Rucka. He could have been stealing shit. Could have been a shit cat yeah. box. Yeah, it could have been a shit farmer. Who, don't, who knows? Yeah. But I saw this happening, right? And there's this thing called the sunk cost fallacy. If I'm talking on the phone with the police, I don't know if they're not around the corner. I don't know that they're going to arrive in a few minutes and then take care of this guy. Mm-hmm. So... Why should I? Why should I then jeopardize my personal uh, life and safety? And, and by the way, I was going to a birthday party, mm. and I had to pick up a cake. Okay, <laughs> that 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 party would have been spoiled without my cake. Mm. How do you ride a bike with a cake? <laughs> Shut up, Sean. All right, I Ubered. People uh. wanted you to go interrupt it. They wanted me to stop this guy That's robbing crazy. the shit. I'm I would on let the people phone. come into my house and steal. If someone came into my house and tried to steal myself, I'd be like, oh, "I'm gonna leave. Please don't attack me." Yeah. Like that's. I w- yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't put your life at risk. Well, if I was already, if I wasn't already on the phone with the police, I absolutely would have. I would have tackled mm-hmm. the guy. But mm-hmm. also, the house kind of looked like it might have been condemned. I wasn't sure. Yeah, I wasn't sure if it was. Don't want to uh, walk two houses over and get too close <laughs> to the condemned house. The author of Alphabet of Manliness, everybody, yeah. here's <laughs> letting us know uh, if he needs to go buy a cake for somebody's birthday. Uh, don't expect him to whoop some ass. Okay, you know what, Rucka? That's fu- that's false. That's false. That's and bullshit. by the way, ripe is wrong. What ripe? Ripe. Ripe. We don't. We don't believe in that ripe should ever go un- oh oh i see okay you're doing the Austra- okay next next voicemail yeah it's funny you brought in that from the police uh, because the reason that tends to happen with there only being one cop at this whole pd on the phones is because of bad funding like you don't just have one cop for shits and giggles you have one cop because you can't afford them. Mm. And that's even better because police are also underpaid. So you can't afford mm. to underpay people for what is probably one of the most stressful mm. jobs in the country. Mm. What the hell? Mm. 
It's not even in the top five most stressful jobs in America, guys. Really? Being a cop. It's not. But well, those stress, stress. Okay. Because number one is like being a waiter, right? It's up there. Yeah. It's in the, it's in the top ten. They're also being, uh, I believe, a a miner. Uh-huh. A miner's up there. A, a people That's working justified. on oil rigs. Crab. Okay. Uh, crab people fishermen. They're very crab stressful people? jobs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, stressful or dangerous? <laughs> Both. It's Sorry. stressful and dangerous. Uh, but no, police uh, Police is not, I, I don't even believe it's in the top five. Where, where do podcast hosts fall in that list? <laughs> Number one. Depends yeah. on the podcast. Right? Yeah. yeah. But uh, but no, uh, here's the thing. So I talked about how I was on the phone for about 52 minutes. It may have been longer uh, or a little bit shorter by Wait, a few minutes. you were on this phone 52 minutes with yeah. the police? Wow. Wait, waiting on hold. That is dedication. Yeah, it's called the sunk cost fallacy. Okay, wow. I usually don't fall for it, but this time I did. Wow. Uh, I think at some point I realized, you know what, I'm just going to, I'm just going to double down on this and see how long it takes just for the story. Yeah, the yeah. investigation. Yeah, investigation. Hmm. And you had a birthday party to go to? Yeah, I had. So I just want all the facts. I just Well, just I at some point, mind. at some point after about 34, 30, 40 minutes I left and hmm. went to go get my cake, but I was still on the phone with oh, the police to tell to tell them. Yeah, okay. because I, I the the guy had long since left. Okay, thank you for clarifying. So this guy's saying, nice. "Oh, uh, Maddox, uh, we need more funding for police." You, really? Cuz I don't I don't see any shortage of police any time I'm parked on a hill and my wheels aren't turned towards the curb. There's no fucking shortage of police when they're writing chicken shit tickets at three in the morning because my registration is off by one fucking day. Yeah. 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 Where, where the, where's the, 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 shor- uh, the funding shortage every time there's a fucking helicopter over my head, which is all yeah, day for long. Hours, for hours. Hours. You're not finding anyone. They're no. hiding under a tiny little roof. Like, just... Yeah, they have entire ugh. fleets of helicopters. They sent, they just sent them up just for joyrides. Yeah. Helicopters in, in LAPD. Don't tell me about underfunding. Sell, sell a few of those shithead uh, helicopters. Hire a couple more cops if that's the case. Uh, one, maybe one more guy to answer a phone. How about that? By the way, um... <laughs> You failed to mention that the house was fucking condemned, the guy broke into. I think it was condemned. I wasn't sure. Oh. Yeah. Anyway, moving on. Maddox, friend, Armenian countryman. Yes. Now, I thought about this thing when you were talking about that little story about the guy climbing over your neighbor's fence. I was wondering why you had the police's number saved on your phone, you fucking knock. Fucking neighbors for smoking their I don't know, shut up. Anyway now It's calling me to that tell me shut said, up. Now that you don't call the police anymore, you know, I'm kinda wondering should I, you know, if that kind of opens up some opportunities between us. Cause, you know, I was thinking about what Rucker said about you know, the economics of robberies and the statistics and all that, you know, and I could come over your place, get some stuff out of your house and get a little maybe extra on the side. Yeah, you get a punch. I mean, I wouldn't do that. I'm I'm just kidding, of course, but still, (laughs) nevertheless, I mean, you know, you're going to have to start calling the cops again at some point, all seriousness aside. Not right now. Don't do it right now, but Hmm. everybody here listens to you, so... Some of them, you know, if you don't give out those T-shirts you keep promising, mm. you know, they, <laughs> they might be headed over your way for, yeah. you know, some retribution. Yeah, I heard don't that. Know. <laughs> it's like, I'm just saying, you've got to be cautious when you're yeah, a celebrity thanks. like yourself. You know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my size is a medium now. I've gained some weight. And I'll talk to you later, all right, baby? Ciao. It sounds like Foghorn Leghorn on Downers. Oh my God, that yeah, was the best bit. voice ever. I just pictured him on a porch somewhere in the South, relaxing. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> I think that call was actually from Georgia. So, <laughs> yeah. right. And you don't have to break in because we're sending out all types of merchandise to uh, lucky listeners. 
No, we're not. That's not it. It's never happening. You thought about it for a second. No, no. I was swallowing bile. I was so angry. I started barfing. All right. You're so angry at the thought of sending out shit to your loving, loyal listeners. But we get t-shirts, right? No, no one, get, no one gets they t-shirts. Don't get, I don't get a shirt. You guys leave, you guys leave your shirts, shirt. eh? Mm-hmm. Huh? Yeah, oh. you guys... Whoops. No. No. That's well, you're on fire with the sounds today. I meant this one. <laughs> All right, here's another voicemail. Uh, this is a famous caller. He's been on the show before, I think, but uh, listen to this one. Hi there, Bad Ops. This is your friend, Skilly. Just wanted to congratulate you on a really great bit there that you did at the end of the last podcast. I noticed that, that, that you, were gonna, you were telling a person that you were going to end the podcast abruptly because, because, he, because he was complaining about a little bit of extra time at the end of the podcast and just dead air. And then, and then you ended the podcast abruptly, and oh my God, you're, you're so clever. <laughs> <laughs> you, should, you should write the letter with Jimmy Fallon or whomever is doing the, the late night television program nowadays. Sean, go fuck yourself. Hey, <laughs> thank you. Finally, something I agree with. I love that I get that now. Yeah. yeah so... Yeah, okay, Stewie. Yeah, it was a bit at the end of the show because some guy was complaining that there was a little bit too much extra silence at the end of the show. So I ended one of the shows abruptly. What do you guys want? And by the way, it's not me. It's your shitty podcast player, whatever was probably screwing up. Was it? Yeah, I always leave at most four or five seconds of silence. There was like a 30-second dead air at the end of that one episode. Are you sure it wasn't when you were talking? (laughs) (laughs) That's why you get the big bucks. Wow. Boom! So we can push the right buttons one out of eight times. Shut up, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> All right, moving on. What? Moving on. Here's, a, here's another call. Okay. Where do you guys get off on... You, well, fuck. <laughs> Is this that same guy? It sounds like the same guy from like a few episodes ago. It no. did. No, yeah, you're a fan. Well, I am a fan. Yeah. I, yeah. He, call, he called back, and here's the call. Try this again. Where do you guys get off doing a show about rape? Four straight white males who don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Right. Okay. You do a whole show and you don't even mm. talk about the Stanford swimmer who was convicted of rape and then got off scot-free because he's fucking white privilege and the judge is a Stanford uh. alum and he just gets to walk away fucking willy-nilly. You guys don't even bring that up. And you're saying, oh, the reason you need to report rapes uh, is because then the... He's got a conviction on his record, or uh, he can't be the father of the child and like try to claim paternity rights and all this stupid shit. I well, guess this guy's a white male. Actually, is convicted of the fucking rape. You guys are idiots. Uh-huh. Do you not listen to anything that Robin Higgins said when she was on your show nope. about like a group of white people talking about race issues or a group of men just talking about women's issues? Oh, like fucking great. idiots. Get a fucking clue. <laughs> And Sean, go yeah. fuck yourself. Uh, Thank okay. you. Well, you know, to uh, to compensate for last week's terrible show, Maddox invited in his entire black and female listenership <laughs> to be live on the air. All right, so uh, ladies, what do you what do you say to that? Well, I mean, I, I I get where he's coming from in terms of like, yeah, you, this is maybe not something you've you're the place you're coming from. You're not a woman, okay? But like, 
I would say that your opinion can still be valid, and, and that doesn't mean that you can't uh, empathize. Hey, there you go. So, you know. and, and Robin, I saw you, you were nodding your head a lot during that call. <laughs> well, I mean, he did say that I was great, so. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> she didn't hear anything after that. Yeah, 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 I'm still kind of in the glow of just having a stranger call She's and still saying, tingling. Great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, wait, the question is, are you guys allowed to talk about well, he said, he's, Yeah, he said, well, uh, Maddox. How come four straight white guys? And but what is our what does our sexuality, our, our sexual orientation have anything to do with it? Why like does it make my opinion more valid if I'm gay about women's issues? Mm. As a gay man, do gay men are gay men experts at women issues? No. So I don't think that has any fucking uh, and and, uh, and and our and our race too. What does white have to do with women's issues? Again. And why, mm. since when are you white? Right. Well, okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um well, I guess to answer that, I would probably say that it's like if you are part of any group that's been crushed by history, then you at least can like throw back and be like, oh yeah, like when I'm crushed by history, it sucks. So maybe when someone else is crushed by history, it also sucks. Oh, hi, Robin. My name is Maddox. I'm Armenian. You may have heard <laughs> yeah. of the, the Armenian genocide. Oh, I'm not arguing with that. <laughs> the alleged. But, uh, oh. no. You guys should absolutely talk about it. It'd be weird if you guys weren't allowed to talk about I, it. I would actually say that uh, it's even more important for, for guys to be talking about it. Sure. Because it's cool that you guys care. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Being in like, the 80s, yeah. they fucking care. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> remember the good old. I mean, you remember the eighties, Maddox. We used to hang out. Rape never came up, oh man. Gosh. We would just sit around, play Atari, and just that's all it was. I think just, that's accurate. Yeah. yeah. All right. I got another voicemail. <sighs> Maddox, you fucking scoop necked idiot. You missed the whole fucking point when it came to not reporting it to the police with this whole rape thing. Okay. What if you want to? fucking kill that person oh you know oh. you fucking know that the state is never gonna murder them what okay. if you fucking want to murder them you can't go reporting the whole fucking crime to the police you can't fucking do that shit you fucking stupid you missed the whole point of not reporting to the police which is what if you wanted to kill the shit out of them you know no. <sighs> i mean god damn <laughs> I think he's absolutely right. This is yeah, this is the first motive. Yeah, this sometimes, is sometimes you know, you might want to go outside the law. It's it's pretty rare when it happens, but that's one of the first times I've had a caller call in with an opinion that I didn't think of ahead yeah. of time. That was one of them where if you do want to go vigilante on your rapist, hmm. you absolutely don't want to report that to the police. <laughs> You just want to off them in the night. Going vigilante? Yeah. Going vigilante is going and kicking his ass. Maybe raping him. No. That's going vigilante. Murder? Murder. That's vigilante justice, isn't it? Well, yeah, Define but, justice. I mean, murder is like fucking murder. You, good luck getting to sleep that night. Yeah, well. You'll always be looking over your shoulder. Good luck getting to sleep after your rape. So there's also that. Hey, you don't have to do it. I don't have to go to sleep? No. You, well, <laughs> what <are> you, <laughs> judging by the recent topics on this podcast, I don't think you're getting enough sleep. But. <laughs> All right. Uh, you want to go out and kill and murder and rape and do whatever you want, I guess that's fine because, you know, nobody has a conscience and you can just go out and kill people and and. Hey, I'm not saying. I think people I'm not would saying be do able it. to rationalize that. Yeah. I think a lot of people would be able to rationalize that. Well, yeah, there are stories all the time in in courtrooms where the father of you may get caught. You'll probably get caught. Yeah, the father of the daughter who's on the stand 
and the convicted rapist is in the room with them will just jump across and just beat the guy within an inch sure. of his life. Mm. You see the cops are always a little slow. Yeah, to, a little slow. Yeah. Cops yeah. Like, yeah. All right. Get a couple in now. They settle down. They, 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 take, yeah. they finish their, they take a long sip of their coffee, put it down gingerly, and then walk over like, all right. <laughs> kind of like when you call them when someone's breaking into your yeah, neighbor's yeah. condemned house. <laughs> I was on my way. I took time. I was late to that birthday party, by the way, and I was bringing the cake. I'm sorry for what you went through. Th- thank you. Thank you. All right, here's another call. Hey guys. All right. What do you call an Italian who shows up on time for his second day of work, ready to start his first day of work? (laughs) (laughs) Wow. I like the Uh, French jokes better. Oh, yeah. I don't know. I think the Italian jokes are pretty spot on sometimes. As as an Italian, I I found that funny. Kristen, we got another Italian in the house. Did your grandparents have uh, plastic on their furniture? You know, they didn't, but I know that's a thing. I mean, I grew up on the East Coast and Italians everywhere, and yeah, everyone had like plastic on their furniture. So they were like cool Italians. Yeah, yeah. My grandparents are pretty, you know, (laughs) incognito. Like, all right, here's another. This is actually smart. This is actually an yeah. interesting, an interesting call. Uh, this guy has another perspective that I don't think. Well, it's aired a lot, but no one really hears a real story. Here's here's one. Hey guys, uh, about the story about the rape thing. Yeah, I've got something for you all to think about. One of my friends ended up getting in a relationship with somebody that she later afterwards kind of regretted. She did have sex with him. She got pregnant. And it wasn't, you know, I want to say maybe, you know, enough time for her to figure out that she was pregnant for her to decide if she didn't want to be with the guy anymore. Uh, around the time that uh, the baby was about to be born, she decided that she was so angry and so upset that she did not want him in her, in her life anymore at all. So she went to the police and said that the reason she's pregnant is because he raped her. And they went to court and he went to jail. He went to jail for a total of eight months before text message proof between her and her friends and myself was revealed that she had lied just to keep him out of the child's life. Why did it take so long to find the text? What pisses me yeah. off yeah. about it is that he was eventually let go, but she faced absolutely no repercussions whatsoever over the over lying about yeah, it. That's bullshit. Wow. So in my personal opinion, I believe lying about it should come forth with well, a much heavier um, punishment than the rape itself. It should Not carry, only are you thrown in jail for a long time, well, prison, but you're also slapped with a, you're a sexual predator or a mm. sex offender for the rest yeah. of your life, whether you did it or not. And he is. Whether it was thrown out, he's still registered as a sex offender. Is that right? They can't oh, get that removed? You guys appreciate the story. I don't know. That doesn't Thanks. sound... That's insane. That doesn't sound right to me. If he was let out because she lied about it, I think they would strike that from the record. Yeah, they would. They'd have to, I would imagine. But Overturn here's the conviction. That, yeah, that's crazy. I mean, of course that's bullshit. I mean, it, innocent people get convicted in this country. Yeah. It does happen. It does it's happen. It's not perfect. Here's what's interesting about that call, and I want to get your, your guys' opinions on this. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you think about being convicted and going to prison... What is the worst thing for most people that could happen to you in prison? Bad food. Nope. Nope, Sean. Incorrect. Oh. No spaghetti, Sean? Nope. Yeah, it's nope. awful. I'm trying to think. I've seen Orange is the New Black, so I'm just trying to think worst things on that show. I mean, obviously, there's a don't drop the soap. Right. It's rape. Yeah. Rape. So sometimes rape is the punishment sometimes for rape. Because you don't want to go to prison specifically because the worst thing that can happen is you get hooked up with a cellmate who rapes you or sexually violates you. So by convicting 
someone to go to prison for rape. You're essentially also potentially convicting them to get raped themselves. And if you do go to prison falsely for rape, you have then just committed someone to become raped. There are some serious, interesting implications here by convicting someone innocently. Uh, so I don't think it should take, be taken lightly. What do you guys think? Yeah, I mean, I, isn't there's punishments for lying on the stand under oath, which right. she did. So right. that in and of itself, like there's there's repercussions already in place. But I absolutely think that uh, there should be strict repercussions because people that falsely accuse others of rape diminish the uh, like the validity of people who are actually coming forward and telling the truth. Right. So I think it's just as bad. Like absolutely, there should be stronger repercussions for that if you lie about it. What do you think, Robin? I feel like. I'm a comedian, and that you're making me walk to my execution. (laughs) I have the same fucking opinions on all this shit as every liberal woman who's in a big city who could get raped. I don't want to talk about it and everybody hate me. No, it's okay. Uh We want what I want on this show are diverse opinions, uh, diverse points of views. And Robin, you specifically, because I know that you have a lot of opinions that that we probably don't see eye to eye on. So I would love to hear those opinions. Well, I feel like. The closer you are to something that could happen to you, the easier it is to imagine to that. And so there's a big disconnect between what we're actually feared of. You like I I am not fe- I'm not fearful of getting raped in prison because that is going to happen a lot less in female prison. I'm fearful of getting raped in the regular world. I'm constantly thinking about that. I'm con- I live in a really bad neighborhood. I'm constantly fearful of that. So like I'm just so separate from the opinions. Like yeah, of course. Of course, falsely accusing someone of rape is fucking disgusting and insane and people are horrible. So it's like, yeah, you could falsely accuse someone of rape or it could be legit. There's two opinions. It seems like both happen all the time. And like, it just, you have to keep on telling yourself, no, one happens a thousand times more than the other. Literally a thousand. Look at a thousand things. Look at one thing. That's the ratio. That's almost like a red herring. Hmm. Interesting. Mm. Um, so we have on the mm. other the other side too, um, I think that there's also underrepresentation, excuse me, underreporting for... Uh, false accusations as well for for many of the same reasons i have been i have been accused of uh assaulting women before in the past and one in particular was uh, a woman i dated who started we were just arguing one day and she started screaming and saying stop hitting me stop hitting me and i'm like what the fuck are you doing this is insane. Yeah. So I immediately reached down into my pocket and i always do this from the, from that day on i i started doing this i started recording on my phone and I got her to confess on on the phone. She didn't even know I did this, but I got her to confess. And I said, did I, did I just hit you? She, goes, she said, no. I said, why did you say that? And she said, I was mad and I wanted to get you in trouble. And I said, you realize that I could have gone to jail. Yeah. That could have jeopardized my livelihood and my life. And I have since then always kept my recorder ready for those, those type of false accusations. And I never reported her because she was my girlfriend at the time and I knew she was upset. So there, there are considerations like that. And I think that-, that wow. A lot of those can be underreported too, because I don't want to send her to jail because she lost her temper one time. Uh, so there are there are there are those considerations too. But specifically with this case where the guy said she got off scot free, do you believe that? Do you believe that this this woman? Do you believe this story? I think uh, no, because I think that if she lied under oath, there's repercussions for that. So maybe right. he wasn't aware of them, but just that alone. But maybe, I mean, maybe, but she does have a child, so maybe they thought, well, what's the point of sending her to jail? Because then you're gonna. Basically, sentence this this kid to grow yeah. up without. It parents. could be like probation, community service. I was going to say jail is not, not the not only. Jail time. Yeah, jail is not the only way you can punish someone. Like, yeah. Well, here's another call. You can have a kid. Yeah, that's the, that's the worst sentence <sighs> of all. 
18 years. <laughs> here's, here's, <laughs> you, they, Stupid. Get, she didn't want him involved in the kid's life. Yeah. Oh boy, she fucked up there. Yeah, idiot. Yeah. All right, here's another one. Hey, Maddox. <laughs> what the fuck does this Aaron Glazer getting accused of raping some chicks have to do with whether or not someone that has been raped should uh, go to the police or not? Wouldn't it have made more sense if you had led with a story about some chick who got molested or raped and it was difficult for her to go to the police for some reason? Uh, but that's not why I'm really calling. I am confused about where it is that I am supposed to send my tuition okay. bill for my full ride to my community college. Okay. Yeah. No. Um, <laughs> in addition to that, my shirt size is... No, no. Yep. Okay, no. Yeah. Well, you gave your word, I no. think... Uh... So I think the consensus here in this room is that you should always go to the police. Is that yeah, yeah, definitely. Right? Yeah. Okay, except for you, who thinks that if you <laughs> if there's a threat of this person getting upset that you reported them, don't report them. No, you went on the record. We all heard it. <laughs> well, no, it, don't edit that shit out, Sean. Keep it in. It's not going anywhere. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> Just upload it right now in case Maddox tries to yeah. uh, clear his <laughs> reputation right. later. Bullshit. All right, yeah. moving on, guys. Uh, coming up at the end of the show, I've got some quick headlines that I want to talk about. Are but, we uh, at the end of the show yet? No, not yet. We, we spent a lot of, this is uh, what you would call top heavy. Would you say that's true? It, I Maddox would say wanted that's to true. make yeah. sure that all his listeners hate me. <laughs> <laughs> the listeners yeah, Robin, love you. <laughs> I, yeah. I'm te- I told you, they hate Maddox. He's the one that... <laughs> Oh yeah, they all the hate. hate you. They seem to hate you. When you were on gamer fights, uh, we, this is the first time we've ever gotten flack on Twitter. We were like, "Wow, we got Maddox got so much hate on Twitter. We never get hate." <laughs> yeah, it fall it follows me. It follows yeah. me around. I don't know why I'm such a charming guy, <laughs> the best guy I would say. It's baffling. Really. Everyone loves me, and then I get these these haters and losers. Yeah, I'm always a trending topic in their lives. Yeah, idiots. Weird how that happens. All right, moving on though. Guys, joining us again this week, Deputy Moderator Rucka. Let's hear your buzzer. Robin Higgins, welcome back to the show. Now, Robin, because today we have a very special topic. Mm -hmm. I have created a very special buzzer. Robin, go ahead and play it for us. Uh This is my buzzer for today. Trigger. (laughs) (laughs) And Kristen, here's your buzzer sound, which we've heard many, many times. There it is. Okay. So on to the story of the week. The University of Chicago recently told its freshmen entering its schools that it officially does not support trigger warnings or safe spaces. This is from NPR. The University of Chicago is welcoming new students to campus by warning they might hear things that might make them uncomfortable. A letter sent by the school this week tells incoming freshmen the university does not support so-called trigger warnings as part of its commitment to freedom of expression. NPR's David Shaper reports some students are taken aback by the approach, while others say that's exactly what they want at the university. Yeah, so... What, preparation for the real world? Yeah. Basically. Oh. The, uh, Why do that? Yeah, the it says here the I feel triggered. <laughs> triggered. <There. laughs> Thank you, Robert. Thank you. Yeah, so the concept of trigger warnings and safe spaces is in the zeitgeist, guys. There's even a song by a group called Sunrise Skater Kids. I don't know if you guys have heard of this. It's called Trigger Warning. No, no, I, I haven't heard I'll, this. I'll embed this on the Shockingly. website. Yeah, the, I'll, po- I'll post this. You can watch this on the website, madcastmedia.com. But check this out. Here's a clip from this song called Trigger Warning. And this totally threw me for a loop when I first heard it. Walking down the street, I look right at this girl. She's pretty freaking hot. Let's make sure that she knows. What did you just say? 
It, it was a whistle. Did you just oppress my girlfriend right in front of me? Chill out. It was you just... cisgendered hyperprivilege. <laughs> He's just bigot right there too. <laughs> I like that. I like the Cookie Monster vocals at the end. I remember every That's band, it. every band on MySpace used to describe themselves as genre-defying. You know, these yeah. guys are actually genre-defying. They started off with that newfound glory sound and ended up sounding like your little intro music from the podcast. Yeah, pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's a really funny song. I'll, I'll post it on the website to check it out, guys. But anyway, moving on from NPR, they say that. The letter sent by the University of Chicago to incoming freshmen stated that the university does not support trigger warnings as part of its commitment to freedom of expression. So at the heart of this controversy is this. Do trigger warnings and safe spaces belong on college campuses? That is the debate question this week. Now is your chance mm. to go to madcastmedia.com to vote before hearing the debate. But first, I'm going to argue that no, they do not. Wait, can I? what's a safe space? Okay, so a safe space is sometimes college campuses will literally create a room where if you feel like you're triggered or if you feel like you're uncomfortable or attacked or you're experiencing some trauma, you can go to this room and it's literally a safe space where they set up crayons and coloring books and a music puppy? and cookies. Oh is there a puppy yeah. there? Fucking God. No, it's a real thing. I gotta sometimes leave. they do I gotta have leave. puppies. Yeah. <gasps> yeah. I gotta go. Oh, cookies. It, are you going to your safe Free space, food. Sean? <laughs> Wait, do you have to be triggered or can you just Free go there food. if you want to hang out? Yeah, yeah. Free food. No, it's it's supposed you, you wouldn't want to. You wouldn't want okay. to. You're going there and it's it's, it's people like, sitting I'm around. Upset. Yeah. I'm like, gotcha. Yeah. Hmm. You you could you could go there, but uh they do I think they have counselors on hand if they need to. So Maybe it's like can, a place in like the mental health like place in a college or something. It's like it's like a room you go to though when you're upset. It's about the old this smoking thing. areas. <laughs> I just use those now. I think Columbia College had this a little while back because they had someone coming to campus to talk that was controversial. I think it was like Milo Yiannopoulos maybe who mm -hmm. was coming to the campus mm -hmm. and there was a lot of protests and a lot of people felt really upset about it. So they set up mm -hmm. literal safe spaces where people could go and color and listen to soft music and eat cookies and sit mm -hmm. around like children. Uh, that's That's what the... That's what the room was. I'll just um, reference that phone call. I got a great phone call last week. Yeah. Remember that one? Yeah, we yeah. did. It's yeah, like there are areas that you can go to. You can go to a therapist's office. But you, all of these, that's like a safe space. But all of this stuff is not to help you escape these kind of scenarios in real life. You have to live in the real world. You're going to be offended. Right. Well, the caller last week talked about safe spaces and trigger warnings and said that we shouldn't treat them as an escape from reality. You have to learn to deal with reality. Correct. And he said that there is use for these things, trigger spaces and, excuse me, trigger warnings and safe spaces. He says that they should be used as tools yeah. to help us overcome these problems we're dealing with, cognitively, psychologically, whatever they may be. But we shouldn't use them as crutches to hobble along through life because when you're in the workplace— there is no safe space. No, you're not going to nerf the entire world. And no. it's it's it hurts you in the long run. If you never learn to get uh, adult tools and learn how to deal with these uncomfortable scenarios, right. and when you do, when you do deal with them, they're not as scary the next time. Yeah, that's true. Well, ultimately, the heart of this issue, to me, is censorship. Because, yeah, okay. Yeah, this is ultimately a question of free speech. Trigger warnings can stifle free speech by creating ratings for books. This is something that strikes to the heart of it for me personally. 
Mm. And this is the side I'm arguing. I'm arguing against safe spaces and trigger warnings right now. So uh, a long time ago, I had a debate with someone online who said that safe spaces and trigger warnings were, were necessary, specifically trigger warnings. And here's why I'm vehemently opposed to trigger warnings in books. Because if you, first of all, it's impossible to list everything that could potentially trigger someone. And let's let's define what triggering even means. It's an actual psychological term where if you become triggered, it triggers a post-traumatic stress reaction to an event that may have traumatized you. So sometimes in front of books, they mention that it may have uh, graphic violence or sexual conduct, uh, sexual assault, you know, rape, that sort of thing. And people who who read those warnings can then avoid those books. Well, what can happen is sometimes colleges decide not to carry certain books in, in their curriculum because of protests. Hmm. People say, this book is triggering. And so they decide not to carry it. Those trigger warnings then essentially act as ratings for those books, just like they do in movies. So suddenly, publishers have less of an incentive to publish those types of books so as an author, if you go to a publisher and turn in a manuscript or a proposal and say, I would like to write this book, they crunch some quick numbers and they realize, well, so-and-so the college- listeners, Maddox did an act out there where he put his pen to paper as if he was uh, doing some <laughs> number crunching. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we should have a webcam on this. <laughs> but yeah, so publishers will, will crunch some numbers and realize that, look, there is a chance that universities will not carry this book in their curriculum. We will miss out on some more money. So, so wait, you're saying these are books that are uh, just novels? Or like, what, I, what kind of books are people writing? Like textbooks? Literature. He's talking about Some himself, literature? of course. Because <laughs> <laughs> all the colleges carry all your books. <laughs> you know, actually they do. A few of them do. There was a feminist studies uh, class. I think they did. They oh did. My God. I bet they loved your book. <laughs> yeah. They loved your book, yeah. I'm sure. So I'm a great feminist, I think. Yeah. The best. Yeah. First wave, baby. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Your bold stance against rape, <laughs> except for when there's a threat of violence after reporting it. What are you? No, you I'm are always a, against it. You are the, the great white hope. What, what, do, what do you call a savior? What do, what do women, what do feminists call a man who's like one of the good ones? A white knight. Okay. You're, yeah. you're a white That's knight. That's what internet people call people. Yeah. I never heard women use that. No, they call them allies. That's what I am. You're an ally. An oh. al- I'm the biggest ally of, yeah. of them all. By the way, what side of the debate are you on right now? Because you're just like talking about this. No, I'm not. I'm against trigger warnings, and I'm specifically enumerating why. Yeah, for okay. censorship. Yeah, Possible sen- censorship. for censorship. Yeah. Here we go. What censorship by who or by, whom? By pub. Okay, look, it's it's going to create censorship because publishers have a disincentive to publish books that may be triggering, and they and essentially that turns it into a rating system. Just like certain theaters won't carry what. That's not censorship. How's it not censorship? Disincentive. <laughs> well, disincentive means you're you have a reason not to do it. That doesn't mean you're being stopped oh, from okay. saying it. Rucka, I am so tired of this Looney Tunes uh, fucking debate. What? Let her talk. Hey, uh, so <laughs> let, a, let a woman get a word on your show. Yeah, God a woman damn it! Want to speak on this on the show or? Uh, God. So wait, what, what what books in particular are we talking about here? Uh, there's, you're saying there are authors out there who are saying I tried to publish this book and my publisher said no because colleges won't carry it. Like you rent Mein Kampf one time. <laughs> <laughs> no, there is there is a book. It was a I believe it was assigned in a in a Greek literature class, and mm. the book was talking about a lot of um, 
man boy love, right? Man boy, like essentially, essentially pedophilia and molestation. Yeah. yeah. And there were a lot of tra- thing, trigger warnings. Like, like ancient yes. Greece, oh, yeah. very popular in ancient Greece, uh, yeah. still kind of popular in current day Armenia. Is that No, it's or, not. Okay, that's then, not then, that was wrong. <laughs> that is not factually proven. I just was at, it was a question. No, the, the okay. answer is no, Rucka. Okay. So anyway, this was a book that was actually struck from the <laughs> curriculum because it's not funny, Sean. Quiet, Sean. <laughs> Sean. Yeah. I'm sorry. Stop laughing. <laughs> Pull it together. Pull it so, together. So this book was struck from the curriculum. Mm-hmm. And then publishers can then look at those sales numbers and realize, well, we just lost out on sales for this entire curriculum for this college going forward. This what? Let's but not publish any more books like that. But that's like literally like an aspect of history. Right. Right. That's what okay. we're talking about. And Mark mm-hmm. Twain books. They wanted to censor Mark Twain books. Yeah. Trigger. What? My, my <laughs> button doesn't gym. make any sense. I just want to say... <laughs> Trigger. <laughs> I want to say something. Yeah. Wait, I have a question. This is a hypothetical. Uh, what if you guys could trigger one or uh, get one trigger warning about anything in the entire world, and it would like people would always tell you tell it to you, and you could make them stop talking about it. Trigger warnings. What would you, you yeah. would eliminate? Trigger warnings. That's a waste. That's a waste. Pick a movie you hate. It's super useful right now. I mm. think. Oh. God, what do I want to really, One really topic. get rid of? It's like you have a trigger warning genie. I'd love genie. to just get rid of the entire election. I mean, that'd yeah. be just oh, great. Yeah. Yeah. Politics. Politics. That's a good one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Divisive. Yeah. There it is. Or like, well, it depends on the context too, like maybe discussing religion while you're on a date. Just like shit that yeah, just doesn't yeah, belong. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, religion is a good mm. escape. Yeah, any kind of religious debate. I would say, I would say either tub girl or what? babies. Oh, you guys don't know what Tub Girl is? I don't think so. Yeah, don't no. let's it's talk disgusting. about it. I don't want to. I don't want to know. Yeah, I. I can just that title reeks. I don't want to know what that yep. is. I don't want to see yep. whatever image is attached to Tub Girl. Okay, <laughs> then I'm going to describe it so you don't look it up. Okay. Okay. This is what I do to people to help them out. Thanks. Uh, because sometimes out of curiosity, people might look it up. Do not. Do I, not do I this. Don't. It's yeah. a girl. It's a girl. No, everyone's gonna look it up. No, they won't. You know after, works, they won't right? after this description. <laughs> it's a girl laying down on her back uh, uh-huh. in a in a in a bathtub, mm-hmm. and she is spraying a stream of diarrhea <laughs> like right into her own face. Oh, it is what? yeah, it's the How? worst. How? Yeah. So don't look it up. I'm is telling you. Is there a ricochet you. effect or is no. it a direct stream? It's a direct stream. Wait, what? Robin, it's just ab muscles. Good 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 wow. core. Good good core. Is good it is it clearly I mean is it possible that there's some, you know, uh VFX work done to the to the gif or whatever? Oh, it's Kristen, not I'm I'm imagining the color and I just drive heat. <laughs> it is so disgusting. It is absolutely it looks absolutely real. Don't look it up. So top girl what? Keep it. Get back to the top. Okay. Yeah. Okay. okay. Moving on. What? What were they going to censor uh, about Mark Twain? Uh, N word. N word. Jim. Which yeah, word is that? that? Was... <laughs> what? <laughs> what? It's it's a word for really annoying people. Naggers. <laughs> <laughs> is uh, naggers a word they don't want to hear on in their college? Yeah, you know what you know what fucking word it is, Rucker. We're not going to say. Well, it. you're supposed to be anti-trigger warnings and Mister Speak Your Mind Free Speech. You no. All right. uh, okay, guys. Moving on. The letter, the letter that the University of Chicago sent. Dear class of 2020 students. Wait, 2020? Yeah, I don't know why it says 2020. It's like babies right they, now. Well, they're about they, to graduate. They're like they're freshmen. Going they're freshmen now. now. Yeah, just, okay, just not how schools work. Okay, great. Yeah, I don't know. This is weird. It says the welcome letter from the Got school's it. dean, uh, dean of students, John Ellison, begins. It goes on to explain the university's commitment to freedom of expression and inquiry. Students are encouraged to speak, write, listen, challenge, and learn without fear of censorship. The school does not support so-called trigger warnings to alert students of upcoming discussions or speakers that they might find offensive. 
The University of Chicago won't cancel controversial speakers, and it does not condone the creation of intellectual safe spaces where individuals can retreat from ideas and perspectives at odds with their own. Yeah, that right? Good. Yeah. Even President Obama came out and made a statement similar to this, saying that we shouldn't censor people, especially people we disagree with, if they are challenging us. And by the way, Rucka, earlier I was going to say this, this Nickelodeon Looney Tunes concept of free speech where it's like, well, if the publisher doesn't, uh, doesn't publish a book, it's not a violation of free speech. I really think that if you don't have a platform to express your opinions— you don't have free speech in this country. Hmm. You can go outside and shout as loud as you want. That, to me, is not free speech because if no one hears it, if you, ha- if you don't have the ability to broadcast your message on a level that can be heard in any significant way, I think that's a violation So of you need speech. to be provided with a platform to express your opinion? We already have that. It's called the internet. Yeah. Everyone in this country has access to— Not everyone. <laughs> but it's not equal. It's not equal. What? You're like, yeah, I guess there's the internet. The only reason we know who you are is because of the internet. Yeah, I'm not saying I'm a victim. I'm not one of these people who's who's a victim. Although, my website is is blocked in a lot of different webs, uh, web oh, filters and web wow. sensors like, and Apple, not, Apple stores. Is this how the Armenians felt being loaded onto the trains and sent off to their death? Ass. Apple store won't display my website in their private in their private shop. I'm I just can't I'm so triggered right now. Yeah. You know what, Rocco? It may, it may have been a similar feeling. Who knows? And it wasn't <laughs> trains. It was just it was just big mass graves. All right. <laughs> well, can, but I moving, just, yeah. can I just say something? Um, so you were talking about that quote from Obama. I was yeah. there when he made that quote. Oh, you were at that speech. I was wow. at that speech at Rutgers University this year. Wow. My sister was graduating. Yeah. And a couple of years ago, Condoleezza Rice was supposed to be the commencement speaker. And so many Rutgers students were upset by her politics then felt that uh, what she was going to say was going to offend them, that they <sighs> they revolted. And, there, and, um, and she ended up not coming because there was such a hubbub. And he called them out for that. Good. I'm glad awesome. he called him out for that because that yeah. is absolutely bullshit. If this continues, if Arnold Schwarzenegger was my graduation speaker, and I fell asleep. He gave a boring speech. Really? Yeah, I, I, I imagine. Mm-hmm. What were you gonna say, Sean? No, I was gonna say if we keep going down this road, everybody is going to be able to exist in their own echo chamber, and they're going to become fucking morons. Right. But everybody already is a fucking moron. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Okay, then, 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 an, then yeah. an idiot. Okay, so your anti-trigger warnings yes. because everyone is entitled to a stage to share their opinion or they don't have free speech. Because, yeah, because it, it does cause censorship. If I want um, uh, to be featured on your website to, right. to, to post my blog post, something right. you might not agree with. Right. I'm entitled to your website. No, that's private. Oh, that's private. Yeah. So suddenly, now we believe in private property. Yeah. Well, if, what happened to if I don't, if you don't give me a platform to to express myself, you're censoring me. Here's where here's where it matters, uh, Rucka, is that when we have the public airwaves, they are public because they're a limited, finite resource. It's not like the internet where anyone can publish anything. We have a limited bandwidth of channels that we can put on the air. And that's why we have public service announcements because we have to have something for the public good because that's a limited um, uh, resource and it shouldn't just go to the person with the deepest pocketbooks, the network, to buy out all the airtime and have all the all the say and publish any opinions they want. Well, what? Putting aside the debate of whether or not the government ever had the right to claim these airwaves that were discovered by private citizens, 
<laughs> Let's get back to the topic of the fucking episode, which is should colleges allow trigger warnings or should colleges allow safe spaces? Is right. that the question that we're asking here qu- today? Okay, the are these yeah. colleges... I have one more point. I think that trigger warnings are bad because... In my adult life, I've worked in like two different types of industries. And like one was like the science world, and one is the comedy world. And in the science world, a lot less fucked up stuff is done and is said. But in that situation, it's because it's like the type of professional it is, you can't say whatever you want to. But in the comedy world, like all of you sitting in an open mic or a show, and people will have the most insane, most racist, most sexist, most offensive things ever. And then afterwards, everyone's out smoking a cigarette, and you can go yell at them or be like, why did you do that? Or like, you can get on stage and say your opinion. And that feels so much better than being stifled. Hmm, Interesting. I'll agree with that. And in the science world, they're also like very intellectual. They're like a lot of bookworms. Like Mm -hmm. they're not used to. But they uh, just, but they're also like, they can be annoying and say really like fucked up stuff but you're like not allowed to say anything to speak, uh, to speak your mind yeah well speaking of not being able to speak your mind we touched on this just a second ago but it does sometimes trigger warnings can cancel speakers like condoleezza mm-hmm. rice coming to the college yeah and where's here in fact here's a here's a clip this is from npr political science professor charles lipson says too many campuses are shutting down discussions or speeches that some might find uncomfortable or offensive Across town, for example, DePaul University canceled an appearance by conservative blogger Mila Yiannopoulos last spring because of protests. And Lipson notes several other schools have had similar controversies. So Milo Yiannopoulos, we talked about him a couple of episodes ago because he got banned on Twitter uh, for some for saying for they say for inciting some controversial statements against uh, the Ghostbuster actress Leslie mm. Jones and. He's he's a firebrand. He, everywhere he goes, he's a very outspoken conservative commentator. Uh, some people say he's the the head of the alt right. And everywhere he goes, people protest. Rucka, you went to one of his his talks yeah, at UCLA. Yeah, UCLA. The the entrance was blocked off by social justice warriors. Right. So this guy was people were trying to prevent him from talking. This is exactly the attitude we're trying to combat here. So when we have safe spaces and trigger warnings, it encourages people to prevent other people they disagree with from talking because Milo Yiannopoulos isn't inciting violence on campus. He's not... What? How does safe spaces and trigger warnings prevent Milo from getting on stage? If, if, if anything, people going off to their little safe space would, would stay the hell out of his way. Well, it's specifically this, this mentality that you are entitled to shut people down or shut down conversations because of a trigger warning. It, it may trigger someone. It may be... Uh, it's encouraging. It's inciting people to shut down conversation. Having a safe space and telling people to, to go the hell away and sit around in their little cushion room is, yeah, is, is going to stop if, somebody from getting on stage and speaking? Correct. If someone on campus says, look, this person's presence is it makes me feel threatened, and if there are enough of those people, the university administration may respond and say, okay, well, we're not going to have this person on campus. Or, or the person themselves, which was the case with Condoleezza Rice, just enough people were, were complaining and signing petitions and stuff. She's like, ah, it's, it's not worth it. Yeah. It silences, it silences speech. Mm. And here's another, this is one of the most important reasons, is that sometimes it causes professors to lose their jobs. I, th- I believe there's an article from Vox. It's, it's titled, I'm a liberal professor and my liberal students terrify me. In early 2009, I was an adjunct teaching a freshman-level writing course at a community college. Discussing infographics and data visualization, we watched a flash animation describing how Wall Street's recklessness had destroyed the economy. The video stopped, and I asked the students whether or not they thought it was effective. 
An older student raised his hand. He said, What about Fanny and Freddie? He asked. Government kept giving homes to black people to help out black people. White people didn't get anything. And then they couldn't pay for them. What about that? I gave a quick response about how most experts would disagree with that assumption, that it was actually an oversimplification and pretty dishonest. The next week, I got called into my director's office. I was shown an email, sender name redacted, alleging that I possessed communistical, and that's, that's how he typed it, <laughs> communistical sympathies and refused to tell more than one side of the story. Now, this guy had a meeting and he had a follow-up and the... I think the dean was involved, and he was scared to death of losing his job. This is a guy who could lose his career. Wait, who sent the email? Was it that guy who said the question? Oh, it, was, yeah. it wasn't a third student? Okay. No, it was, it, he, he assumes it was that guy okay. because uh, I, I believe the, the name was redacted from the email because the, the director didn't show it to him, but he was pretty sure it was that guy. Got it, okay. Hmm. So teachers are now afraid to talk about certain topics in their classrooms because of trigger warnings and because of safe space, because they might offend This is why it's becoming a problem, and I'm glad the University of Chicago has taken the stance. So what you're saying is them getting rid of the safe spaces is their way of saying, we're not pandering to you pussies. Exactly. But the actual trigger warnings and the safe spaces in of of themselves are not actually hurting anybody. No, that's incorrect. Here's why. Because if you are someone who is been affected by, say, sexual assault. Uh, you have Here post-traumatic. You have post-traumatic stress, right? Of this, uh, of this instance, or maybe even a, a war. You know, if you were, if you went to war in Iraq and you come home, certain things might trigger a flashback, right? Oh, oh yeah. I mean, yeah. I know several veterans uh, who do not like to be out when the fireworks start Correct. on the Fourth of July. Yeah, it's just too. You know, you you go back to that mindset, but they don't petition city hall to outlaw fireworks they right. they go home to the safety of their own home and i feel bad for them but they're dealing with it in the right way well here is here's what the problem is with trigger warnings the ultimate problem because the whole purpose of it is to help these type of people and by simply reading the words trigger warning guess what you're thinking about you're thinking about your trauma you're reminded of it you are not allowed to be a normal person You are constantly reminded everywhere you go that you are a victim, that you are traumatized, that you need to be specially handled and coddled. Yeah, it brings it up. It's like, don't think of a circle. Yeah, exactly. Don't think of a pink elephant. Well, now I'm thinking of a pink elephant. It doesn't let people lead normal lives. And by the way, most things, psychologists agree that most most of the time when people do have triggers of post-traumatic stress, it is not the actual event. It's sometimes a smell or a color or a, a place that reminds them of it. Yeah, it's, smell is the strongest uh, sense tied to memory. I had to do that because I don't have a ding. But I really agree <laughs> with that point. Yeah. yeah, you don't, it's stupid if you're walking around thinking of yourself as a victim. That's a bad way to live your life. Yeah. You know, obviously for some short period of time, but then like, you know, years later, you have to just be like, I'm myself again, you know? Yeah, you want to have a, a, a sense of normalcy. <laughs> oh no. Ladies first. Thank you. Thank you, Rucka. Um, my question is this. Isn't uh, some of these universities by creating a safe place, like a room away from everyone, aren't they doing exactly what you just proposed? They're they're basically like when you when you were saying that uh, you know, if someone has PTSD from their time in the war, they they leave the situation and they go somewhere else. So aren't universities saying, yeah, you should, you know, deal with this by removing yourself from the situation 
So let's set up these rooms so you have a place to go on campus. Well, I'll give you a ding for that and wrong. Uh, <laughs> Fair <laughs> you're you're okay. partially correct. It's such I, a wide range I, of I, triggers. <laughs> <laughs> I do think that, that, that there is a use for these spaces. I don't think that college campuses are the place for them, though. So, okay. So you're, you're, you're saying universities should ban trigger warnings and safe spaces. And first you're bringing up censorship. Then you're bringing up <laughs> that students need to stop getting professors in trouble. And then you said, well, the reason trigger warnings are bad is because they make uh, Iraq veterans feel bad about themselves. What? Which is it? <laughs> well, they're not. I don't see that they're mutually exclusive. And I didn't say they should be banned from college campuses. I just said that they don't belong there. Did they ban them? No, they just said that we're not going to use them. We're not going to use them? Yeah. This isn't a place for safe spaces and it's not a place for trigger warning so you're allowed to have a safe space but it's not like not endorsed it's not yeah. put instilled by the university correct it's not a place for that look if you have whatever issues you're dealing with whatever trauma you're dealing with you need to get professional help and the university is not that place to do that it's not a daycare it's not a daycare for adults okay so it's not the university banning trigger warnings it's them saying we're not we're no longer gonna give them out yeah, I would also correct. argue that a university is mostly a daycare for tiny 18-year-old babies. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I would like to imagine that universities are not daycare, but daycares, but it seems that sometimes uh, that's what they become. Yeah, and and they shouldn't be. So this this whole time, you've been arguing that universities should not provide safe spaces and should not, as a policy, issue trigger warnings. Correct. Okay. Bingo. Because someone who's not as smart as you, like me, <laughs> this whole time... Thought you might be arguing over are should trigger warnings be eliminated and basically banned no, by the no. universe? No, then, then, then that itself is also okay. censorship. But you know what? You don't have to be too smart for to, <laughs> save, <laughs> to, put, tell me, to put on some boots. <laughs> to save 15% on some fine leather products. Guys, today's episode is brought to you by Kendall and Hyde, makers of leather satchels, boots, and belts built to last a lifetime. Two if you count the cows. Ladies, you can appreciate... A fine leather product, especially when a man has one. I'm going to show you guys my Kendall and Hyde belt. What the hell does that mean? Yeah, well, uh, excuse me. Can you clarify what? that? I'm all for sexual <laughs> innuendo, but it has to make sense. <laughs> the hell? Yeah, just explain I don't that even think further. that was sexual innuendo. I'm just talking about a man who has fine leather products. Gotcha. Like me. How do you know that I can appreciate that, though? You don't know my life. Yeah, don't, but, you don't why, know why wouldn't you, Kristen? If a man has a nice leather product, why wouldn't you appreciate it? She could that? be PETA. Yeah. Oh my god. Are you, oh, are you one no, of not okay. at all? I, I have a leather so. backpack. Well, when PETA wants to sponsor the show, we'll hear from them. <laughs> right now, it's Kendall and Hyde all day. And put they the belt down, Maddox. You <laughs> look scary as shit to the girl. <laughs> PETA you keeps do, emailing me. I won't return their calls. You do have it. You're holding it in a very threatening manner. No, You've this really is got a, it. Like a like a product salesman. Here, I'm handing I'm handing Chris in the belt. Okay, <laughs> all right. I have the belt now. Everyone's a little less scared. Okay. okay look at the thickness of that belt. Oh, wow. That's a mm-hmm. that's a quality leather belt. That's yeah, not yeah, going yeah. to. And you notice on the back, mm. there is no strip of paper. There is no cardboard. Yeah. And there is no stitching, which is usually the weakest part of a leather belt. Mm-hmm. Robin, you want to get in on this? I do want to touch this belt. Uh-huh. Wow. Also, um, notice that those are screws that you can undo on the belt to put on your own buckle if you want. Oh, wow. Those are called Chicago screws, and you can just use a regular Phillips head screwdriver to unscrew those and put on a, bulk, a That's buckle of your really choice. That's cool. actually really cool. You know what right. I want in a belt? I want a little machine that causes a new hole, because sometimes you're right in between two of the holes, and it's very inconvenient when yeah. you have new shoes. But there's so many holes on this, this belt. One, there's no way. It's got to be your size. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it just goes all the way around. They made a custom one for me. And here is the boot. Ooh. I'm handing Kristen my wow. black leather boot. 
Wow. It's a, a nice, nice this is a nice boot. That looks right. classy. If yeah, you sat, I would if, wear this boot. If you saw a man wearing that boot, mm-hmm. I would want them. You would want you yeah. would want that. I'd ask him what shoe size he yeah. was. Guys, Madcast listeners get 15% off your entire order. And these products have a lifetime guarantee. It's a fantastic deal for a product that will last you the rest of your life. Thank you to Kendall and Hyde for sponsoring the show, and thank you to the listeners for checking it out. The website, again, is madcastmedia.com, and I'll link to Kendall and Hyde. The product code is MADCAST, M-A-D-C-A-S-T, for 15% off your entire order. Thank you, Kendall and Hyde. Thank you to our listeners. And fellas, do you hear the way the ladies responded to these products? (laughs) Seriously. Yep. You, You can learn how to talk to women. You can learn how to hit on women. But just wear this set of boots and this belt. You know, Rucka, I don't know if you probably know. just not undo your belt in front of them, though. Well, yeah, that's, that's well, there's a time if you're and a not place. Not the, yeah, not the way to get them talking about the belt yeah. initially. Yeah. I will say, when I was doing a bunch of internet dates, I would always examine the shoes and judge people really harshly. Right. I'd, the whole outfit, I'd be like, all right, but the shoes, that's what you can really tell what the real fashion is. Mm-hmm. You can tell a lot about oh. a man by the shoes that he wears. Mm-hmm. So anyway, once again, that's, KendallHyde.com slash MadCast. I'll link to it on the website, MadCastMedia.com, and the code is MadCast, M-A-D-C-A-S-T, for 15% off your entire order. Thank you for supporting the show. But moving on, guys, now it's time for the other side of the debate. Guys, I think that trigger warnings and safe spaces are just fine on college campuses. No, you don't. You know what, Sean? You'll find (laughs) out what I truly believe next week when you open that envelope. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) He's <laughs> <laughs> caved immediately <laughs> Like he's in a marriage Like I know how this is going <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just he'll, he'll punch himself out <laughs> Guys here's, here's a hypothetical for you What if not having trigger warnings Stifles conversations By leaving important people Out of the debate What? That's right There is a video on YouTube By the PBS Idea Channel I don't know if you guys have seen this channel It's actually mm-hmm. really Good. It's actually really interesting. There's a couple of channels like this that I really like. Vsauce is one of them. Ah, I know Michael. You know Michael? Yeah, yeah. My, I met Michael at the YouTube studios. All right, Maddox, right. stop, stop <laughs> name dropping and just fucking <laughs> inside <laughs> shitty LA talk. Fuck you. It's not. This is just YouTube. How's that even? It, yeah, it, nobody's you, impressed. Yeah. All I'm saying is nobody's impressed. No oh, one's yeah, ever yeah, impressed. Yeah, yeah. yeah, Harvey and Bob, you know, from, you know, the company. Yeah, I think go the only, way back. I, yeah. think, I think some of the only ones people would recognize from YouTube, like the big ones, are maybe... Rhett and Link. Yeah. Yeah, the mm-hmm. advertising guys and yeah. the epic rap battles of history. Oh, they're so great. Oh, yeah, I uh-huh. saw one of those guys at a gas station once. Oh, my God. And it was a thing where it was like, you think like, do I know you from high school? And I was just like, you had to stare for 10 seconds. Like, oh, gotcha. Yeah, what's his name? Lloyd, Handsome Lloyd? Peter and Lloyd. Epic, epic Lloyd. Lloyd. Yeah, yeah, I saw Lloyd at the gas station. Oh, yeah. I know Palmer Lloyd. Awesome. I mean, I met him a couple times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway. What about Ethan Klein, huh? What? <laughs> what are we talking about? Okay, we're, we're talking <laughs> about Christ. Is this one of them special 90-minute episodes? Yeah, it may be actually. Anyway, this uh, this video on the PBS Idea channel is called What's the Deal with Classroom Trigger Warnings? And I brought in a clip because I think that he makes a pretty interesting argument. Listen to this. Here's an idea. Trigger warnings in college classrooms don't restrict speech. They create it. If students are either uncomfortable or literally unable due to anxiety to interact with certain subject matter, what's their course of action? What's the responsibility of the instructors teaching that material? To avoid it because it can cause upset? To teach it anyway and tell their students to just grin and bear it? Should they warn their students ahead of time that things could get grim? Yeah, guys. So academic trigger warnings may actually encourage people who have PTSD to face their fears 
They might actually seek out challenging materials to overcome their trauma and to challenge themselves. Now, these are people who could be adding interesting insight and conversations to the debate that may otherwise not if there weren't that trigger warning. Was that guy talking about PTSD? Yeah, that's what trigger warnings are for. It's for people who suffer from post-traumatic stress disorder, Mm. be it uh, sexual assault or violence, uh, racial discrimination, maybe war, conflicts of war. So people who— Oh, I don't think it's limited to that. There's a lot. There's really a lot. It's kind of like how blind people used to take their dog everywhere, and now— It is like that. People bring their service— That's all I have. (laughs) You want a ding. (laughs) Now you can bring your service turkey onto an airplane. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Which now is being abused by yeah, the way. Yeah, nice, nice seeing eye papillon. Yeah, yeah, my neighbor, yeah. We, I live in an apartment complex, you're not allowed to have dogs. Uh, at least two of my neighbors have gotten like, oh, it's a service dog, a little yeah. chihuahua. You can just order those no. things online. Yeah. Which is good They're total bullshit. people need to allow dogs. No. Yes. Ro- Robin, dogs. I'm dogs. going to- Dogs, dogs, you, You've come to the right city. <laughs> yeah, the people are dog obsessed in Los Angeles. I am so tired of it. Oh, he, that's a trigger for me too. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Robin, hit me. There we go. Oh. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> what are we talking about? Maddox, Jesus okay. fucking Christ. Moving on. You keep on jumping over from from one thing to another. What are we saying right now that trigger warnings and safe spaces do belong on a college campus? Because they create speech. They create yeah. speech. Yeah. Okay, I need well, hold on. Where's my There we go. I need an example. Okay, here's an example. Yeah. Academic trigger warnings aren't shields or armor, but rather, if we really want to stick with this kind of weird combat metaphor, a horn sounding a charge, an encouragement to face down that which is difficult. As Caroline Heldman, politics professor at Occidental University, put it to Sarah Seltzer for FlavorWire, trigger warnings allow me to have a conversation, to say, this is not a class about your personal life. This actually helps make the class more academic, and it has the benefit of letting students prepare for what might come, end quote. Bullshit. Why, why is that bullshit, Sean? It's, you didn't even it's, get... The trigger warnings are there, and we all know it. This is, It's totally a disingenuous argument because people are offended and scared. That's why they exist. It's not a fucking bugle for the fucking cavalry to come charging in. Stop it. I'm embarrassed for all of us. I'm embarrassed for you, Sean. He just said it was. You're just disagreeing with him? Yeah, he's a fucking idiot. <laughs> Somebody's triggered. You know, this is also like the dogs. It's really similar to the gluten thing, right? Because like there are those gluten people out there that like legit can't ever have it. And yeah, then there's celiac. so many weird faker people and, right. and you can't pin people down. You can't pin people down. That's yep. the problem with all this stuff. Trigger warnings, their pro thing is that Maybe the real positive effect is that we're all having a conversation about it. And that means that we're all at least thinking like, fuck, some people have had some shit happen to them. Like maybe without trigger warnings existing in the universe, we'd never be really thinking like people have really had these horrible experiences. Okay. And like, even, you know what? I'll agree with that. So they're kind of getting to their point, even though what they actually are is kind of weird and fake. Hmm. Hmm. In a way, like trigger warnings it's like saying no offense, but and then you say something offensive, right? Right? Yeah. right? Like or like I'm not racist, but that's but. yours, Maddox. Every yeah. every time I, we hang out, it's like you know I'm not racist, but <laughs> no. I wrote an article about that a long time ago. I thought that's yeah. what you were referencing. I wrote an article, oh. I think in like 2008, that uh, it was titled "I'm not racist, but," and then they say something incredibly racist or offensive, and also. It's when uh, I also have a problem with with people who uh, you know this is a quick aside, but people who want to quote celebrate diversity. And I know I, earlier in the show I said we should have a diversity of opinions, but I'm talking specifically about 
the stock photo diversity of a black person, an Asian person, a woman, a Latino, and sure. a man. That, to me, is completely counter and the antithesis of Martin Luther King's statement that we should judge someone by the content of their character, not the color of their skin, because by inclusion, you are then making an assumption about someone's race, aren't you? You're making an assumption that a black uh, person has a black experience. Yeah. I thought the quote was attributed to you. Yeah. <laughs> I guess so. I didn't, Did I say Mar- I meant to say Dr. Martin Luther Ma- Maddox. Maddox Luther. Yeah, okay. Yeah. It should be Continue. Maddox Luther King. Maddox Luther King, that's what yeah. it is, yeah. Great. Maddox Continue. Luther King, I said, I said that quote. Yeah. Brilliant man. Me. Mil- million Maddox March. That's what we're doing. What? I, I think, therefore I am. Maddox. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Thou shalt not kill. Maddox. Maddox again. <laughs> These are all my commandments. All right, guys. Moving on. Trigger warnings okay. and safe spaces are totally right. fine and valid on college campuses. Kristen, you brought up in the other side of the debate that it's okay to have these spaces, and Rucka, you too, because it could then send these people who are troublemakers, who are then protesting Milo Yiannopoulos and preventing Condoleezza Rice from coming to the college campuses, they can just go sit in their little bubble of safety and not bother these people, right? That's mm. how it could encourage free speech on campuses. Here's another clip I brought. This, this video, it's like 11 minutes long. It's pretty well done. But without trigger warnings, it may inhibit group discussion by making the curriculum cater to these people who need the trigger warnings. Listen to this clip. Trigger warnings don't restrict speech. They make speech possible. And not just possible, but more collegiate. They're an encouragement for students who need it to muster up some grit and perspective. And in the event they can't work with their instructor to find an alternative to participation so their personal anxiety doesn't limit group discussion. Yeah, what do you think of that, guys? I think he's still a fucking idiot. (laughs) Sean, why do you hate this guy so much? It's just a disingenuous argument. You think so? Yeah. Well, so no, okay, so let's say, um, let's say you get triggered by, you know, a conversation about sexual assault or rape. So, you know, you're in an English class and, you know, you're coming up on the chapter next week where that happens to a character. You think it's wrong for the professor to go to the class, like, hey, heads up, guys, we're going to be discussing rape a lot next week. Like, just want to, you know, give you a heads up. We're going to be discussing it in context of this story. And um, we're also going to be, you know, just give them a heads up. Like you think that's, that's like the wrong thing to do. Uh, I don't, I stopped caring. Mm. Here's, here's a, here's a, here's, a good, here's an Valid. example. I think that you can all relate to. Okay. You're going out to dinner. It's four of you. You all decided on a nice fancy restaurant. Everyone likes great food, great service. You're going to have a night out. Everyone agreed upon this restaurant. Fifth person, grumpy vegan decides mm. to join and says, hey guys, I don't eat meat, and they don't have anything I want to eat at this restaurant. Let's change everyone's re- dinner plans. Let's go someplace that caters to meat. That's what this person is who has the trigger warnings. Because if this person, the person who has the trigger warnings, they may want to change the entire topic of discussion in the class, which could inhibit discussion and conversation and debate, just like the vegan. And if the vegan knows that they're going to that restaurant ahead of time, that to the vegan is a trigger warning to stay the fuck home and let everyone else enjoy their night and have a good time out. Wait, the so you're... Mm. Go ahead, Rucka. So the trigger warning is now keeping the vegan from coming to the party? Correct. Okay, I thought a second ago you said that the vegan is the trigger warning or something like that. No, I'm, I'm saying that the, that by warning people who are going to have a problem with whatever you're doing or saying to stay the fuck home, then you can 
continue to do what you're doing. But what? this guy's saying it's a it's an opportunity to confront your fears. It can be. Right, and yeah. Stand so up to it. First, it was, it was going to encourage diverse opinions, and now it's going to tell certain people to stay out of the conversation. Yeah, those aren't mutually exclusive. You can confront your fears. And also, if you can't, if you know you can't, you can stay home. Smart. Maddox. Ten points. Mm. All right, guys, that's all I have on this side of the <laughs> There's really not. There's really not much. Try to guess my opinion, assholes. Bet you can't. Okay, so the question this week is, should universities provide safe spaces and issue trigger warnings, or should the universities not? Is that the question? Or is the question, what do you think of trigger warnings? No, shithead. The question this week is, do trigger warnings and safe spaces belong on college campuses? Well, Very simple. Thing, yeah. too. If there's like a controversial speaker due to speak, it's not like you can't find that out from other sources. I mean, isn't there like a big posting, you know, place where you go like, oh, Condoleezza Rice is coming, uh, you know, next week. Well, so these people who protested the Milo Yiannopoulos speech at UCLA that made it difficult for people to get into the talk. Yeah. If those people got those warnings, maybe they would stay the fuck home really? and not— not a, yeah, not obsessed. They, they would have stayed home. Maybe the people blocking the doorway and interrupting the the lecture. Yeah, because anger doesn't motivate. If, he, if people only at somebody all. gave them a trigger warning, they they would have said, "Oh, okay, sorry, I thought you were forcing me to uh, to endorse this speech." Uh, well, we'll never know, Rucka, because we'll they never didn't know have those trigger because warnings. nobody issued a trigger warning that's in correct. time. Yeah, okay, that's what it is. All right. Yeah. Wow. Wonder which side Maddox is on of this debate. <laughs> you, you know what? You think you think you know, but I may surprise you. Sean's got the envelope. I do. So I can't change my opinion if you guys think you know what it is. Nope. What, if, you, you, what if your opinion changes over the course of this debate? Ooh, that that, that actually has happened a few times. During not, uh, yeah, during during other debates. I've actually been talking about uh, the Ghostbusters movie, the old Ghostbusters, the, the, re- the reboot of the Ghostbusters movie. I softened my stance after it was pointed out that the sequel to Ghostbusters was not as good, which is true. Well, then we'll just all lower our standards. No, it's not about lowering standards, Sean. What? We're getting off topic. Yeah. No, anyway, guys, that's those are the both sides of the debate. That trigger warnings can't look, there's just not a lot on <laughs> <laughs> on the affirmative. Shut up. I tried to throw some things in there to help you out did. the second half of the yeah, day. I think, I've I think the best one. Yeah, it's just like yeah, yeah, I don't know. I okay. actually changed my mind about this. Did you? I mean, no, safe spaces was never addressed in the second half. Right. Well, I, I guess mentioning that it'll it'll get undesirables the hell <laughs> out of the room. Yeah, give them their own space. Yeah. But the trigger warnings is a great way to say what you want. It's like, hey, trigger warning, but, you know, <laughs> if, if all Armenians were to voluntarily uh, rent out a giant yacht and just kind of head back to their motherland, that could be a Great way for them to reconnect with their people. And you know what? I'm gonna hit. Ro- and I'm gonna maybe hit Robin's trigger. There you go. It's bullshit. I know I'm triggered. You just triggered me. It's I'm triggered. Trig- I gave you a trigger warning. I'm triggered. As I fuck gave right you now. a trigger warning. You had every opportunity to stop everything and leave the room. Go off to your little safe space. Yeah. Well, you know yeah. what, Rucka? Sometimes when you're giving people trigger warnings, what they need is a safe space. All right. Think about that. I will. Okay. Moving on, guys. I got some quick headlines from around the web. This one is. From Rush Limbaugh. Mm. I haven't talked about him in a while, but... Oh. Trigger warning? He made... No, it's not a trigger warning. No, I mean... Oh, you want I, a Are you going to issue one for trigger. all the listeners? There you go. Thank you, Robin. Right. Uh, Rush Limbaugh... Did he eat a co-host? Last week. No, <laughs> no. Maybe. I don't know. Rush Limbaugh made headlines this week because he said that he thinks the federal government is trying to encourage lesbians 
and gay people to become farmers so they can turn red states into blue. What do you guys think about that? I agree. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to think of all the farmers that I know. I, I don't, I know one. She's straight. Oh, you, ha- you have a female farmer friend? Yeah. And she's straight? She's straight. Well, that's going too far. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. Does that, that doesn't help his well, no, argument. That's he's, a- saying, he's saying that the federal government, in fact, here, hmm. I got a clip. Listen to this. USDA says it wants to change the perception of what it means to be a farmer in America away from the image of white, rich male. Now, wait, that's not the image. I understand yeah, not farmers at all. Are, rich. are not rich. Uh, okay. th- th- this is part of the disinformation campaign. Yeah. White, what? rich male is how the left describes pretty much any constituency group that they're opposed to. But what the what the point of this is, folks, it's not about lesbian farmers. What they're trying to do is convince lesbians to become farmers. They are trying to bust up one of the last <laughs> geographic conservative regions in the country. And that's rural America. Rural America happens to be largely conservative. Yeah, good point, Rush. Where where are these uh, conversions being held? I do know a lot of like lesbian camps do involve farming. I had a couple of friends who like went to Hawaii and you can just, if you're like, you just go being a lesbian farm in Hawaii and all you do is like volunteer and you get to like stay there for free and then party. There are farms full of lesbians in Hawaii. (laughs) Oh yeah. (laughs) Sounds amazing. Mm -hmm. My friends that went to Smith would always go to them. Oh my God. I wonder it's such a blue state, but there's a huge, (laughs) there's a huge movement to like grow your own food. Mm -hmm. You know, it's a a lot of weed too. Sounds like a scissor bonanza. Yeah, yeah. If if Rush Limbaugh is talking about, if he's talking about the weed farms that are going to spring up as we slowly start to legalize weed, okay, I yep, I hear him on that. So the question this week is: Are farmers too gay? (laughs) (laughs) I also I almost made that the entire debate this week, guys. I actually I actually brought in some statistics here. Okay, you know there's a website called FarmersOnly.com. Yes. Mm It is a dating website, supposedly, for, for farmers mm. and farm folk. Right. A long time ago when I first saw the ads on TV, Sheep I have thought, trouble dialing a touch-tone phone, though. <laughs> good, good, good one, Sean. I know, that was low-hanging fruit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, a long time ago when I saw these ads on TV, I thought, this can't be real. So, of course, I created an account. <laughs> and I just I How's logged into it. How's that working out for you? How's that working out for you? Pretty good, pretty yeah. good. Yeah. I really hope this episode of Catfish, where it just turns out to be you. <laughs> 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 well, I signed up for the account, and I and sure enough, I saw a lot of profiles on there. A lot of the women who had their interests labeled as mudden, M-U-D-D-I-N apostrophe. What do you think mudden is? Mudden? Oh, like driving mm-hmm. a mud truck running? through the run? Yeah, the mud. Mm-hmm, yeah, pretty yeah. much. It's just horsing around in mud. So out of curiosity, I thought, well, I wonder if there are any gay farmers on here. So mm-hmm. I changed my profile to look for, I was a male looking for other men. And there was a bunch and then it lets you classify by all sorts of different criteria, like their income level, their height, where they live, etc. And one was religion. And I thought, wow, well, there's Christians, there's Jews, there's atheists, and, I th- and then there was Muslims. I thought, wow, I wonder if there are any gay Muslim cowboys, hmm. like farmers. And so I set myself as gay, Muslim, and a, and a farmer, and I looked for men, and there was one guy in Ohio. And he's luring you there to kill you. <laughs> he just and he had a picture on his profile too, and he looked so lonely. He's the only gay Muslim, and and he I forgot to change my profile back, so he he's, he's probably my inbox is probably full 
But I looked. Well, I if you're listening, bud, you are all part of some weird Mad Axe social experiment. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. I love your commitment to research that you would sit around and, uh, you know, look for gay Muslim men on the internet. Yeah, gay Muslim cow- cow- cowboys. Yeah, yeah, of course. Well, I logged in again today to find out mm. how many gay farmers there were. Mm. And according to their website, there were 89,000 results that returned for men seeking men. Mm. On farmersonly.com. But not Muslim, necessarily. No, not Muslim. Okay. These are just all. They, they could yeah. include some Muslim. I don't know. I didn't check well, today. But yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, I'm sure that website has gotten more widespread. And yeah. it's gotten uh, you know more acceptable to come out as gay. And a farmer. <laughs> yeah, well, there's there's gay, there's gay people in professional sports. There's gay people, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, there's gay people everywhere. There's gay people. You have no idea that they're that they're gay. Yeah, because they're in the closet still. Yeah, that's a type. That's a type of gay person. And a sometimes uh, their frustration comes out in other ways, like them complaining all the time and, <laughs> and being mad at the world and writing blog posts and, and podcasts about how, what's wrong with the world. Maybe when they don't want to talk about what's really bothering them. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'll show them. I'll write a letter. <laughs> So, so out of curiosity, and again, I just searched for straight people on this website, men seeking women, and there were eight hundred twenty thousand straight people. So, the the gay farmers are a minority. There aren't too many. I don't think Rush Limbaugh has too much to worry about. That's a big percentage, though. Pretty big, yeah. Eighty nine thousand. Yeah, ten percent is about standard. That's like oh no, that's guys. right. Oh, actually, yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah, ten yeah. percent. I didn't check for lesbians, though. I should have checked for lesbians. Mm, I should yeah. always check for lesbians. <laughs> Words to live by. Quote yeah. Maddox. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. Moving on. This is the the last headline I have here. It's there's a company, and this seems to be a trend online, and it's really annoying me. It's pissing me off. But there's a company that turns kids' drawings into real life dresses. Oh man, this nothing nothing like gives me an anger boner <laughs> as much as as the stupid shit that they take stupid children's artwork and they make it into jewelry or they people get tattoos. Now it's fucking dresses, and they look like shit. Just a theme you in general write- that you hate children's artwork. Yeah. One of your big pet peeves. You should write a book. Yeah. Yeah, Triggered, yeah that triggers Maddox. I wrote, my, my second book uh, was uh, Crappy Children's Artwork, and I, it was over 320 pages. I remember I turned in the manuscript to my editor, and it was like something like 360, 380 was clocking in, and my editor said we can, like the limit is 320 pages that we can publish for this. And eventually, we went back and forth, and we kept arguing about this. And eventually, he said, "Look, man, it's 320 pages of you shitting on kids. Yeah. How much more do you need? Let's get some perspective here." Yeah. yeah. The amazing thing is, is back in like 2002 or whenever you published that article, uh, shitting on kids yeah. artwork. It was 2002. Like those are the exact kids that are currently uh, asking for safe spaces in college. Oh. Fascinating. Wow. Is there a connection? Wow. Trigger. I don't have a ding. That was a ding. <laughs> there you go. This article says, a new company called Picture This Clothing turns handmade illustrations into dresses. G- guys, come on. Come on. Quit encouraging your kids to make crap. Do you need to inflict your kids' shittiness on the rest of the world? Yeah. Is what, this, are you, what kind of message are you sending the kid? Is this about telling kids that their drawings are great, or is this more just about fashion being out of ideas? Both, I think, Rucka. <laughs> I didn't even think of that. It's a it's a stupid novelty. Let's go to a gallery yeah, around, I think it's uh, around a cute LA. Novelty uh, gift. So, yeah, gift I, for know, who? Who's gonna appreciate kid. it? You know the parents. The parents. Honestly, Honestly, I, I, it's for the parents. I don't hate it. 
Look, when I, I was a kid, it's, thank it's, you, Sean. It's, thank you. Yeah, you whatever. think it's cute too, Sean? No, it's ironic. Know, whatever. Uh, you know, go to your I, safe space if you're offended by yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I respect uh, the business idea because people will spend anything on their kids. So I feel like that's a good, mm. you know. You know what they should do is spend some a little bit of that money on some art lessons. How about that? Huh? <laughs> make, that make their kids shitty artwork not suck so much. If you if you take a kid's artwork. And you put it on a plate, or you turn it into jewelry, you make it a sculpture, you turn it into a 3D printed object. Guess what? You're validating that kid's shit. It, it, take it off the fridge and throw it away. It's garbage. Until you get better, you do not belong on the fridge. Well, you do not belong in my house. Well, Maddox, you know, this is why you're, you've, you've always got tunnel vision. Like, you're always looking at the little things instead of the big picture. Like, you're mad that parents hang their kids... Their six-year-old's shitty uh, picture on the fridge. How about the fact that some artist's shitty modern painting is hanging in the gallery Ugh. for a billion dollars? Yeah. Well, anyway, guys, that is the show this week. I want to thank my guests, Kristen Brancaccio. Woo! Thanks for coming by. Thank you. Robin Higgins. Thank you. Always a pleasure. Raka Raka Ali. Sean, the audio engineer. Thank you. But most of all, you're welcome. Uh, yeah, I was just calling to say hi. Uh, love the podcast. I think it's great. Uh, Thank you. I don't want to ruffle any feathers or anything, but I still haven't seen any address for the Sean Spaghetti Italian Mixer, what have you. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, I tried leaving a voicemail with, um, Jesse P.S., who I thought was great, by the way. Um, but I haven't heard back from him. Um, I thought maybe that it'd be in the source code for the page, but all I saw was like a variable that said angriest boner and how jQuery is for pussies. It is. Huh? Uh, yeah, I don't know. If you could uh, just let me know. These Italian margaritas are really going to start to go bad here pretty soon. Uh, Why would you make them? It's like tomato sauce yeah, and clams. Uh, love the podcast. Thanks. Yeah. Huh. Well, Jesse P.S. might be back in fucking Guantanamo Bay or wherever he <laughs> says they threw him last time. But, yeah. uh, Sean, let's uh, give out the address of the studio. Maybe uh, we can have this as no. kind of like a fallback. Yeah, you're having a spaghetti dinner without me? You didn't invite me? Oh, you're No, you're invited. You're actually the host. I'm not there. Chris, oh, shoot. Yeah, what? Chris, there is going to be so much Italian music playing every time you talk in this episode. <laughs> <laughs> I'll edit that. I welcome it. All right, so here's one more. Hey, guys. Oh, what do you call a half-shaved Armenian on a nude beach? Overdressed. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, real funny. Uh, uh, we're laughing. That was a winner. <laughs>